Thank you for listening to the Spectrum Lounge. If you enjoy this podcast, please support us at patreon.com backslash filmfatale underscore NYC. And be sure to subscribe to the Spectrum Lounge. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and Google Play. Welcome to the Spectrum Lounge podcast, where we discuss creatives of color disrupting the game in TV, film, and pop culture. I am your host, Rebecca Theodore Fashaw, and on this episode, we speak with actress Leslie Ann Brandt, who plays Mazikeen of the hit Netflix series Lucifer. Take a listen. Welcome, Leslie Ann Brandt, to the Spectrum Lounge. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Let me tell you, girl, I have been a fan of yours because I was a huge fan of Spartacus. So I've I've been knowing you since back then when you played Navia. So... I mean, I know they, you know, changed the actress and everything, but in my heart, I mean, the other actress was good, but I was like, no, but I like Leslie Ann. Okay. So, so when I, yeah. I, that, you know, I, I, I ended up leaving the show, you mm-hmm. know, for basically like I became a SAG actor and, ah. and, you know, I wasn't on like a, on a, a SAG contract and, mm-hmm. um, so I made that move because I wanted to be based out of here and like I wanted to work here. But 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 I oh I just want to say because I think I was very quiet around that time and a lot of fans were like, why, mm-hmm. you know, why did you leave or why were right. you fired? Or and I was like, I left, I wasn't fired, but also I did it for me and my career, and that gave another amazing, incredible black actress an mm-hmm. opportunity to take on that role and tell her vision of that right. character. So I always have such fun memories of that show, you mm-hmm. know, but, um, but I love that, you know, what was interesting is like people looked at me and they were like, well, you were so sweet on Spartacus. <laughs> you can't possibly be like a badass and fight and stuff. I'm like you guys don't, you've never been to Cape Town, have you? Like you don't know. <laughs> It's like we get hood up in here. Like, <laughs> you don't like, know. I've been raised in those Cape Town streets. I will tell you. <laughs> like you have no idea. Um so I'm glad that you got to see that show. I love oh, it. Oh yeah. Uh, let me tell you something. I cried when Wendy Andy Whitfield rest mm-hmm. in peace. I cried so hard because I mean, I'm not even really like a big celebrity stand. Like I like people, but I took that personally. I took his yeah. death a little personally because he he brought such a beautiful sensitivity to that performance it was just like so yeah Spartacus always has a special place in my heart and I was just like yeah so when I saw you on Lucifer when you popped up on Lucifer I was like okay I gotta check this show out (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah so season five yes I think it is what is it August 21st right that you Mm -hmm. that this um so we got yeah so I believe they've split the season up season five is episodes one through eight and then it's like part b will be episodes nine through 16, correct? Right? Yeah. 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 Girl, I was like, I was watching the first eight episodes and I was just like, people are going to lose their minds. Like Lucifer fans are going to lose their minds when they see it. Um, and um, yeah, so what can you tell us without spoiling too much? What can you tell us about season five and about Maze's story arc? Um. Well, I think what fans really have to look forward to is that this is the first season that was exclusively written for like our Netflix version of our show. Cause what happened in 
with season with season four is that they had we had obviously like pitched to Fox like what the new season was and then we got cancelled and then the fans you know did this big uproar and then Netflix picked us up and what they essentially did was they condensed and sort of reworked the the pitch and the and the version of that season for the network for Fox to oh. like for Netflix but mm-hmm. this this season that we've just completed is the actual exclusive written for Netflix because now we are on a you know a streaming service that allows you to tell really like big bold stories and do things that maybe like a network show wouldn't allow you to do so from for example the noir episode which is you know um it was like it was like this bonus like we got you know picked up for six more episodes and it was like great we get to do something that like tells a little bit more about you know um a backstory you know and you you walk away from that episode i think like understanding what maze is like why she is the way she is you know like mm-hmm. what her um what her belief system is what her scars are what her pain is, do you know what I mean? Like her feelings of, of, um, you know, just like, just like a lot of like those issues, you know, like that you maybe don't see when you first meet her in the pilot. So this season for, for Mazikeen is kind of dealing with a lot of, it's dealing. And in the beginning, when you, when you, when we open up in season five, it's like Chloe and Mazikeen's stories are kind of mirroring each other, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, both Lucifer and Eve are gone. And as girlfriends do, you lean into one another, right? And you try and um, focus on other things other than really like dealing with whatever pain or trauma you're going through. And, um, and this season, it's just been such a, I keep just every season pulling back another layer of this character. And it's so fun because you don't get to do that like five years into a character usually, Mm -hmm. Um, especially one that could be very easily written to be just like a typical badass, you know, in leather pants. And it's like, I feel like there's just so much more to her. Um, So it's definitely a wild ride. um, I think for everyone. But I think you get to, I mean, in the tail end of the season, you'll see like her do a fight that's so much more close to like the demon from hell. And Mm -hmm. I've never been able to do that. It's never been able to be as bloody and gory and kind of like, you know, on Fox, like Netflix, it's like just freedom, which which as an artist is such a gift. And as the, you know, the actress playing her, it's such a gift. So it's wild. I mean, I don't know. How did you feel watching it? <laughs> I mean, I was. It was great, and I think one of the things that I, that I love about Maze and your performance as Maze is that you know, in the hands of like a lesser actress and in, with writers that may not have been like she could have been Maze could have been pigeonholed as sort of like the stereotypical angry black woman, right? But what I love about Maze is that it's like you said, particularly in this season, um, there's so many layers to her that a lot of the anger is really just a wall, right? It's a protection because there's so much pain and, and so much trauma. Cause I was talking to DB earlier and, you know, I was telling him that I think one of the things that makes Lucifer so relatable, even though it has like this very supernatural premise is this, this, this recurring theme of 
tra- of, of of traumatic relationships between their parents and child, right? So Lucifer has, you know, his 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 dysfunctional relationship with his father. Um, Amenadiel also has the same one, and then we see with Mazikeen. It's sort of like two-sided because she has like this very complicated relationship with Lucifer. And in this season, we we kind of get the backstory of, of Mazikeen's uh, mother, right? Uh, not giving too much away. But um, like when you first walked into doing uh, this character, were there, were there any concerns like that? Like where you would talk to the writers where you're like, I want to make sure that this character is grounded in humanity and that she's not going to just be like this very flat, like you said, like badass action hero. I think I, I do credit the writers. I think the beginnings of that really came in like that first season, My Little Monkey with um, Jane Cow wrote that episode where she comes out to Linda, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like this very beautiful, it resonated with a lot of like people in the gay community because it's like everyone's had that coming out story, you know, where you, it's like, I'm a demon, you're a human. What's, di- what's changed? Like we're still mm-hmm. friends. We still, I'm still the same person that you've got to know. Right. I just happen to be from hell. You know, <laughs> and um, and I I did go in. I mean, I'd obviously read a lot of um, as much as I could because those those graphic novels are pretty thick. Um, the comic books, and what I loved about was that even in the comic books, you know, she was very progressively written for the time at which those comic books came out. Mm-hmm. So that was something I was always um, pushing for. And to the writer's credit, they really did try and give her layers, like introducing her to a character like Trixie. You know, like mm-hmm. we didn't know that that relationship would be so widely like celebrated by the fans. Yeah, um, but it makes sense because. Trixie and her are very similar in that they're childlike. They they have no filter. They say what they mm. feel. It. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think it's why they get on so well. Um, and I I really 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 like I understand Mazikeen and Maze so much. I understand Mazikeen and I understand Maze. You know, I I feel like Mazikeen's the like demon, the the OG, and and Maze is the the version of her that's evolved and and discovered her humanity and these amazing relationships with human beings. Um, but I I I really wanted to exactly what you said. I didn't want her just to be angry and badass and tough because. You know, I'm very much like that. I have a very protective shell. Breaking through my walls uh, is quite hard. I I sometimes don't often let people in um, to where they really find the like, you know, the gushy mushy that exists within me. Um, but that comes with protection. That comes with, you know, there's a reason for that, you know, and it maybe it's because of where I grew up or how I grew up or, you know, relationships I've had in my life. But I am very protective of that and then also very protective of the people that I love. And so, no, I didn't want to be written like an angry black woman who just, you know, walked around beating people up. I wanted her to have layers and to have vulnerability as we all do. And for her to be able to express that in whatever way she knew how to. And at times it required her being violent and at times it required her being emotional and at times it required her falling on her face and, and learning a lesson um, or saying, I'm sorry, or, you know, telling people like to hell with you, I'm out. Like you don't deserve me, you know, <laughs> like it's all of those things. Right. So uh, it's, it's a joy to keep discovering new sides of her as the show, you know, continues season to season. 
Right. So we got to talk about episode four, which is the the noir episode. Um, number one, I was I was elated to find out that the episode was written by Ayana White, who's a black woman. Um, and then also, I believe that it, it was directed by a woman of color. I, I'm not remembering her name right now. Or it was a person of color, of, of Asian uh, descent, I believe. Yeah. yeah. V- Viet, um, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. Viet. I love you. Um, <laughs> and he was great because his his eye, Viet's eye, like just the composition, I mean, mm-hmm. he looked had watched basically like old noir films and was like mimicking shots and moves and you to give it that feel um and then you know the it's a tricky episode you know for 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 people of color for black people in particular because when you think of the time and what was happening for black Mm -hmm. people around there Mm -hmm. I you know DB and I were also very conscious about what the representation was for black people Yes, because it's not like it was a grand old time during mm. the 40s. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Um, and while we're not a show that necessarily, um, you know, 100% like always hits things on the head uh, in our way, I think it is important and probably even more now coming into season six that we are aware of just being like just truthful about the time or the experience. Right. You know? um, but I adored being able to delve into that era, the, 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 the language, the accent, the singing. Um, I, I, I purposefully wanted two black, uh, you know, uh, American icons. Um, I wanted my songs to, to pay homage to those two women who I don't want to say, cause I don't want to give it away, but um, yes. I think I know one of them. And you'll know, and you'll know, like, yeah, you'll, 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 if you Google, you'll see who the other one is, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, I always, I always looked at two women who really informed so much about how I was going to play Mazikeen was Grace Jones and Eartha Kitt. And Ooh, I just feel nice like, one. yeah, I just feel yeah. like both, them were so just comfortable in their own skin they didn't care they didn't have falters but like those interviews with Eartha like also such love and vulnerability too you know um so I I love that you get to learn a little more about Mazikeen through this like crazy story Mm -hmm. and and then I love that every character on the show gets to play someone else (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. So in this episode, you play this very glamorous uh, singer called Lily Rose. Number one, you were serving looks. Okay. Yeah. I was just like, these outfits, I'm like, I hope Leslie Ann was able to take at least one of them home. I loved everything that you wore in that episode. Well, one of yeah. the things that I sing in got stolen at a photo shoot. Not that I was in, but it got loaned out. So I was I felt very sad for the designer. Oh, no. But, um, I know. I know. I didn't get to take anything home, mm-hmm. um, sadly. But our wardrobe team, like, killed it. They killed it. Everyone just looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so you ha- you sing in this episode and you sing up. And we know Tom Ellis is a very talented singer. Like, when, when, what was your reaction when you found out that you were going to sing in this episode? And how did you prepare for that? Um, I loved it. I mean, I obviously had a great time last year singing Wonderwall and it was, I was sort of popping my cherry there on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
and it's you know it is nervous because it's a vulnerable art form and I'm not a singer by you know naturally like so um we have this uh, great vocal coach um Valerie Morehouse who works with a bunch of very talented big international musicians and vocalists and she um she has been on our show since uh I believe season one and um and she just guided me through, you know, because it's a it's a different kind of the way people sang back then. Do you know what I mean? It's a different sound. It's a different tone. You know, one of the songs is really big. The other songs is like very melodic and kind of like, you know, moody. And I it's a lot of harmonizing with Tom. So um, it was it was a lot of fun. And it was definitely fun to get up there dressed in costume with the audience and all the extras and kind of belted out um no it was it was good right (laughs) so I know at at the end of the episode we find out who Lily Rose actually is Mm -hmm. um and her connection to Mazikeen and basically it's it's the secret that about uh Lily Rose that uh Lucifer has basically been keeping from Maze and it it just broke my heart because it was like like you said it it adds another layer as Mm -hmm. to why Mazikeen is the way she is um I was also happy when they cast the older version of this character Uh, I was like yes I love it I love it this is this is great and I think that's one of the things that I love about Lucifer is that you know, traditionally in these kind of genres like comic book or su- or the supernatural, it it can tend, especially when you're talking about celestials, right? Um, whether demon or angel, t- sometimes the casting can be a specific way, if you know what I'm saying. And I I love that in Lucifer, they're just it's just very open. You know, like yeah. you know, somebody could be Asian or somebody could be Latino or somebody could be black, and it it I mean, they're celestials. These are bodies that they take. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So, which was which exactly. Was I think it, I think it leaves it open for um, you to have different kinds of talents with different points of view tell that story, right? You know? And I think, given how content is being ingested and the how reflective of the audience content is right now, I mean, look at "I May Destroy You." Like, ugh. Mm-hmm. you're getting to see yourself reflected. And even though it's like, you know, it's black British culture, but it still resonates with anyone who, you know, obviously celebrates their culture regardless or who's had those experiences that that character, you know, has had and, or the actress who played her. Um, so I think, you know, we do have a responsibility to be able to, I mean, I look forward to a script where it's just like, this is this is open to anyone, you know, regardless. Um, uh, I look, I look, I always look forward to those kinds of scripts and those kinds of auditions um, because how I interpret something is going to be different to how someone who you know is from America who is white would interpret it. Or mm-hmm. Magikine originally, like she was a white character, you know. Um, in the comic books. Yeah, she was Mm -hmm. not. So it's, um, for me, I come from, I play her like an immigrant from South Africa. Yeah. I go, I'm an immigrant from hell and I (laughs) I fit in on earth and I don't understand, you don't understand my accent in New Zealand. Well, I don't understand humans. So it, I draw on a lot of my life experience when I'm, you know, playing her. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, I think 
Mays being a black woman, it definitely adds layer. While the show, like you said, it may not the show may not implicitly talk about race. I think it it definitely informs the character and it informs the way that we see that Mays moves through the world. Um, so let's talk about episode eight. Oh mm. my god! So mm. number one, episode eight had one of the best battle scenes that I've seen in throughout Lucifer. Yes. Um, how did you prepare for that? I mean, you're really fit. I mean, like, do you, when, before every season, like, do you have a specific workout regimen that you're going to do, like, just to yeah. kind of prepare for those fight scenes? Yeah, I mean, I've always been very athletic, very, you know, active. Um, but since season two, I've trained with Paolo Machetti, who's my trainer. He trains Tom, Kevin, um, and, um, and, and Rachel, and he's just always been good at, you know, uh, keeping me limber. I work with like three guys, my yoga guy, Paolo, um, and then uh, also a body work guy. Cause I have some, some old, you know, sports injuries that I always mm-hmm. have to train and keep, but, um, but the physicality of her again is like another layer that I love to sink my teeth into. Um, I, you can ask anyone on the cast. I revel and I love to fight and beat up boys. Um, <laughs> I, do. I do. And sometimes, you know, it'll go from like, whoa, 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 whoa Leslie, and I think like just do this with a stunt double because like I, I it, sometimes it's like I, I learn it so quickly, you know, like I, I, I work so quickly that I'm like, I have to slow down so the camera can like get there. Like, you know what I mean? Cause I'm just so into it. Yeah. Um, but that particular sequence and like hands off to Kevin who directed that episode because it's so, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I saw the shots that were being chosen and like, mm-hmm. and I just, I just imagine with the the music and then obviously the end of that episode when it's, yeah. it's uh-huh. so epic. <laughs> And you, and you, you, I know it's going to piss a lot of fans off because they're going to be like, ah, we've got to wait for the other. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I mean, that is fun, but the, I have an even bigger fight scene in the second half. Oh my. Okay. I'm I, looking forward to that. <laughs> 10 guys. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was actually talking to Gina Prince uh, Bythewood because uh, she was. Oh a guest my god! I love. First of all, yeah. I want if they do an old guard movie. I'm like, how do I? Where do I? How do I? Oh, see? girl! I will. I will. I will personally pitch you. I will yes, personally sir. pitch you. Yeah. Like, can I tell you how geeked out I was when I watched that? Like, and I think I tweeted her and I I said this. I was like, it's rare for me because I do. I love action. I love female led action. Mm-hmm. And I, very excited when I watch action films and I love the fact that it's like Charlize in her forties, like kicking fucking ass. Yes. And, and, and then the shots that Gina chose and just the way it was choreographed and the way it was shot. I'm like, sign me up. I will, <laughs> I will, I will do craft services on that. Movie. I don't care. Like, I don't get, I'm here. I'm available. Like, we got to get you an old guard too. Yeah. Cause I was talking to her and that's why I appreciate your character too, because you know, at least on the big screen side, uh, Gina and I discussed like this, this very, this lack of black women action stars. Like I could, it turning on my TV, I could see you, I, I can see, you know, Nafisa and China on black lightning, but at least going to a movie theater, 
it's so rare to see like black women action stars, which always confounds me. And she was like, that was one of the reasons why she wanted to do old guard because she was like, we need way more black women action stars. On, yeah, on the yeah. And Kiki, yeah. Killed, uh, uh, Kiki killed it. She killed yes, she it, does. You know, yeah. like it's and it's a that is a daunting like doing action if it's not something that you've always always done or if you're doing it for the first time like my first action role it was it's scary because you're going okay I have to learn this I have to sell it you know and then you're putting your body on the line and um and and I like to do as much of the stunts as I can myself okay. so um so you know making sure that you take care of your body while you're doing that so you're not injuring yourself but also just like making it believable too. Mm -hmm. um, I think in the hands of a female director too, it's like Gina did so well. I'm so, I'm so happy for her. I really am. I've watched that movie like three times. <laughs> yes, awesome. yes, I've watched it twice. I was literally like looking at the TV and my husband is sitting there watching it. And I'm like, oh my God, look at the shot. Look at her. Oh, whoa, look at the camera. And he's like, Can I just watch the movie? Yeah, no, it's really, really good. So, I mean, like that fight scene, it, it's a lot. And for Kevin Alejandro to to come on with that, to yes. kind of that, that was, what was it like working with him? And, and how long did it take to actually shoot that sequence? You know, hand, hats off to Kevin. He, he didn't have any ego about shooting that scene. It's very daunting. Obviously, it's a big scene. There's a lot of people involved. But he really um, relied on our and he, what our choreographer did was he gave them basically the blueprint. He shot a previs, which showed with the stunt doubles, which showed exactly which camera angles sold every single stunt. And Kevin, ah. and Kevin followed it. And Kevin, you know, because a lot of directors will come in and they want to put their mark and make their mark. And 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 the thing is, it's it's that's great if you are an action director and you know that. But but um, you know, he he also developed that vision with the choreographer too so it was a two-folded thing it was like here's our ideas let's put it together and then I will trust you to do your job and then you trust me to make sure that I I capture on film what we need for us all the stunts that you helped create and so it was this really great like relationship you know and and collaboration between the two yeah yeah I, I love that maze like you said, just beats up the boys. Like they don't pull back. Like she fights like a dude. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she'll take them. <laughs> yes. They always in the beginning, the beginning, they were like, what are the three different styles of like Maze, Lucifer, and Amenadiel? It's like, well, Amenadiel I always see as Neo. He's just like very upright and kind of like, you know, um, uh, he's like a like an iron rod. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Kind of like, Lucifer is like you know, this like David Bowie's character is smoking a cigarette with a martini, but then he's like karate chopping you. Yeah. And like <laughs> a maze is just straight up like, like street. Like she's like, I'm like <laughs> bottle, I'll kick you in the nuts. Like what? Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I love that about her. Um, so, I mean, um, particularly in this season that, well, there's, there's no spoilers here. We know that Tom is playing dual roles this season. He's playing Lucifer as well as Michael. Yes. Um, who's a twin brother. So what was it like? Cause you had scenes uh, with Tom playing Michael. So what was, what was that like? What was that dynamic? Like seeing him play was, Michael who's pretending to be Lucifer. I know it was, it was strange um, hearing the American accent for sure. Cause we don't associate Tom with that. No. On the show. Like we don't associate Tom or the character with that. So it took like a minute to 
go, oh my gosh, like it's a completely different, you know, but hats off to him again, because you're having to change your physicality and then you're having to do this new accent and your brain's going between two characters who look the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for me, it was really kind of holding on to the relationship and the reason she does what she does in that first half is like, you know, remembering all of her trauma and like what was going on with the, you know, with one character mm-hmm. and trying to figure out what this other character wants and trying to figure out how she gets what she wants, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's an interesting, it, it was not an easy thing to do. Um, right. Like as, as the actor for Tom, you know, like it wasn't an easy thing to, to go back and forth between the two, but um, I, I think he did a stellar job. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, um, as far as Tom, well, cause he's also an executive producer on this show. Like, how do you feel that your relationship, your working relationship with him has evolved? say from the first season um I would say like you know well we've all grown up on the show in the same like not grown up I would say we've all grown on the show like Tom you know got married I got married um I had a baby you know we both bought houses in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. and I would say coming into season six now there's a much it's not even a much better understanding but like you're you understand uh you get to know people's heart you know um and it and it and extends further than the walls of a television show right you know um so i have much long for, much love for for tom ellis and 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 even the work you know i'm very proud of him because he's been um in a typical way where sometimes you know people and the business will say, don't talk about politics and talk about like any social issues. And he's mm-hmm. just that wide open on his social media. And he's invited like Brandon Kyle Goodwin to like, you know, have this black folk series that he does where he talks about issues surrounding. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's just like on his, on his Instagram, he's, he's literally just gone there. And I, and I, I said this to him, I was like, you know, I've always been vocal and like with that comes a lot of heat, but I don't care, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, um, and, and, but but for someone like him, I, I understand how it's scary, you know, yeah. like initially to put yourself out there. And but but he he was just like, there's too much at stake. And there are people that I love who are hurting. And and we have, you know, this election coming up in November. So mm-hmm. I got to do it, you know, and and I really, really commend him for his efforts. Yeah. And learning and learning how to be like a, a, a good ally, you know. And that's important. That is that is really really important. Um, but I did I did tell my friend I was like I don't know how it's possible, but I think Tom Ellis is even hotter this season. He always looks great. <laughs> but season five, I had to rewind some scenes. I was like, what did you say again? Okay, he's, he's a hottie. He's a hottie. And I know you've had like almost love scenes with him. You know what I mean? So <laughs> don't give it away. <laughs> no, I mean from previous from previous seasons where you know we know that there's was some sort of, you know, kind of relationship with Mazakin and, and, oh, um, yeah. I mean, and the comic, yeah. the comic books there. Um, I mean, they were like hot and heavy. Mm. You know, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of history between those two. There's yeah. a lot of, you know, they weren't just fuck buddies. I guess they were, mm-hmm. they were, I don't know, two beings from hell who kind of went through it, you know? And so, 
Um, there's, uh, yeah, there, listen, Tom is a very handsome man. Uh, <laughs> the ladies will tell you that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and his, his wife will tell you that too. Right. Um, so no, I think, I think, I think the, I think the ladies and guys are going to be mm-hmm. very happy this season. <laughs> I think so too. Um, so, you know, the, the funny thing about Maze, like, I, you know, Maze has had some love interests, you know, over the season. Um, but for me, I, I, I would love to hear your opinion. I mean, personally, I think that Linda could be Maze's soulmate. Because when I think of all the relationships that she's had, I mean, I know most people are like, oh, no, it's more of a platonic relationship. But I'm like, it could potentially be a romantic relationship because I think Linda knows Maze's heart the most. Like, she totally accepts her. And I feel like that's the basis of a good relationship. I mean, what are your thoughts? And do you think that maybe that could be something that the writers could explore? Um, You know what? I don't. I don't think so. And here's why. Mm. Okay. I think then why that doesn't work for me as, as the actor is I go, well, then that whole amenadiel, like the betrayal of that becomes about, you know, it, 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 it becomes about like, um, it's not just about girlfriends and friendship. Mm. And I think that makes this relationship work on the show is that these are two women who care about each other and it has nothing to do with a guy and not fighting over that, you know, and you know, whatever fights they've had, it's about her betrayal, you know, the friend. And, um, I, I see that relationship more as someone that like she can lean into and who loves her all parts of her, regardless because this is the thing about a character like Maze and I think maybe you know like especially me it's like I'm very outspoken I speak up I speak loud you know um and I share a lot of qualities about Maze I'm very protective of you know people I love just like her and sometimes people want only certain parts of you when it when it serves them do you know what I mean mm-hmm. but I think if you look at a character like Mazikeen it's like Linda loves her for all parts of her regardless and even if she gets stuff wrong and even if she speaks out of line or you know is a little hasty in her response or she comes from a knee-jerk reaction Mm -hmm. that she goes well I know where her heart is and she's a good person and so I'm gonna as her friend and slash therapist work through things with her and give her the time to do that Mm. yeah um so but but you know, I think uh, I think with the Eve character in terms of you know the relationship there, mm-hmm. um, it evolves. It evolves in a way that um, I think fans are really going to be like. It's not just it's 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 the it wasn't an infatuation, and yeah. even even more of that is explained in this season. You oh, know. oh, so so we are expect. I know they had announced that the actress who plays Eva, yeah, she is coming back. She is oh. coming. I'm dealing with her coming back, you know, and then going through that whole sort of like experience of how do I feel about you, like mm-hmm. yeah, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, and then again, we have to be very careful. Like, how do we portray, you know, female mm-hmm. love? You know, mm-hmm. um, because it is different. 
it is different. I talk to my lesbian friends and it's like how people flirt. It's different, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. um, So really having to be very conscious of the fact I I am very conscious of the fact that like I am a straight woman playing a pansexual character. So like, Mm -hmm. and and I, I wasn't, this character wasn't hired as you are a pansexual character auditioning like for this role yeah I really pushed for that because I knew about the comic books and I I really pushed for her to be able to show how that she loves all kinds of people and and that she falls for all kinds of people and that if through her we can then tell the story of like acceptance you know, and not just acceptance and tolerance, but like general, genuine understanding that like love comes to people in very many different ways. Yeah. Who are we to judge, right? Um, she slept with an angel, hooked up with a <laughs> girl. Like, she's like, hey, if I'm down, I'm in, I'm in, man. Like, I'm down for whatever. Like, right. So, so that I think, you know, like I say, like there are big themes here that the world could. And embrace. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. I mean, like the fact that even a character like Lucifer, like you have like this male protagonist who is sexually fluid. We we understand that Lucifer has slept with women and men, and that is a rarity in that you know in that genre to be able to see. You know what I mean? And I love the way that they have. It's not even a big deal. It's just exactly. Done it. So you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's important because it makes people who maybe are, um, uncomfortable or look at those kinds of relationships negatively, it makes them take pause because they go, well, I love the character of Lucifer. I love the character of Maze, Mm -hmm. you know, and I love them for all these reasons, but, but all of those reasons include them being, him being sexually fluid, her being pansexual. Mm -hmm. So maybe it ain't so bad. Yeah. (laughs) You know, um, Maybe I can just chill with my homophobia. I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> and, but, you know, that's why representation is important. Like, going back to the old guard, you had two male characters, uh, two of the superheroes, so to speak, in the old guard are gay. They're an openly gay male couple who kissed each other. A beautiful <laughs> monologue. Yeah. about that monologue. It was oh. incredible. I was crying. I had tears. I was like, this is what, you know, is needed. This is, this is beautiful. It didn't... You know, I I am all for having those moments and telling those stories because, and it was done in a way that like was just so natural and mm-hmm. not forced in any way. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, I do want to talk okay. about episode eight. So we know in the last scene we get an appearance from somebody. Can't say who, but I did yeah. talk to DB, and we know who uh, we know who the actor is. And I just wanted, what was your reaction when you found out who was being cast in that specific role? Oh my gosh, I was so <laughs> happy because uh-huh. I know we had pushed, you know, for him, mm-hmm. for like, suggested him for like a long time, and then and let me tell you, he is smooth. Oh, like, I can't wait. <laughs> but like in person too, like you, you, I mean, yeah. you like looking at this really tall handsome like man mm-hmm. like such a proud father and so seasoned and so kind and warm and um I have some great work with him this season too yeah um, so yeah no we are we are so lucky and thrilled to have right. yeah 
Awesome. Sure. Well, thank you so much, Liz Leanne, for taking the time to speak with us. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> and so good to hear from you. And Absolutely. Yeah. Take yes. care in New York. Be safe. I will, you too. And we'll have to have you back for season Please. six. <laughs> Please, anytime. Anytime. Absolutely. Okay.